This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> when we came in here i said we were on episode 130 i was wrong we are actually going to be recording episode 132 now okay okay so uh i got my main man jeremy behind the boards and on the cameras yeah uh my famous co-host at this point my my homie my best friend for life my man darren yo 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 all right so uh let's jump into it um Obviously, I feel like the last couple of months have been difficult, specifically for me. Okay. Uh, what a lot of people may or may not know is that I've like been experiencing some things in like my personal life with my family. So, one of the questions that I certainly wanted to come in here and talk about, because it's a bunch of grown people, um, did anybody ever talk to you about the process of your parents getting older and what that looks like? No. As somebody who, and again, I'm not trying to put your business out there, you've dealt with certain things with your own family. Mm-hmm. How does that impact, like, certainly, like, your outlook going forward? Like, what are some of your responsibilities? How does all of that make you feel? Like, I really want to rap about that because I've been going through it. Yeah, I think um, a lot of times nobody says anything until it's something's already going on. It's not something that you say something about prior to. So by the time it's already going on, you're stuck with it. You have to deal with it. So that's for any situation. But in this situation, we're talking about illness. So that's a little different because, you know, now it's treatment. Sometimes it's not treatment and you got to deal with all that because the older we get, the older our parents get. And we know what comes after that. So. And I think that's one of the most difficult things that as grown-ups we really don't discuss, right? Like, there's no manual on having difficult conversations with your parent. Like, nobody told me like, hey, when it's time to have certain conversations, this is how it's done. Like, you know, you sort of see your parents go through it with their parents, but frankly, like, you're not around because you don't, like, you're not the parent or the child. So it's a lot of stuff that you don't see. And as you sort of see like everybody's relationships like change where you feel more of the parent to your parent and they take on more of the child role, Mm -hmm. shit gets real, real quick. Again, I can think personally of myself where uh, currently my mom is struggling with some things, some health challenges, and we start asking real questions and having real conversations and there's nothing fun about it. But I don't think that anyone has certainly told me how I'm supposed to deal with those things. Right. Right? Like, that's not a conversation that me and my dad have. Like, hey, talk to your mom about this. Or my mom's sisters. Or even my grandparents, right? Like, we don't talk about that. It's just like, hey, here's what it is. So, you know, even having those conversations with my mom. Yeah, you have to deal with it, you know. And I don't think that there's a manual for it. Like, I wish there was. I wish there was somebody that could tell me, do A through Z, and everything won't be all right. But at least the things that are supposed to be handled will be taken care of. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of we don't have that. And so there's no manual a, for that. It's because it's you know it's it's real life. Yo, it's heavy, dog. It is super heavy. And as I can talk about it again, like you know, fortunately I have really good friends. Um, I have a supportive like family. Like 
my personal flock has been holding me down. But like, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, days are hard. When you're like, I think the worst thing that I could honestly think of is what happens the day that my mom stops picking up the phone. Right? Like, yeah. that is a fear that I know that I did not have five years ago. Like, I never just thought like, yo, my mom won't be here. And then that fear becomes very real when certain obstacles are put in your face. And so, as I've had like, you know, friends who are counselors or who do different things talk about like what you should do, everyone says sort of the same thing. Talk to somebody, make sure that you're like open about it, feel the feelings that you have, do all of these things because if you don't, like that shit's gonna hit you. If I'm honest again, like I feel like when my grandmother died, that destroyed my mom and you can clearly see like a line sort of going down because she was never able to cope with that that's not something that i want for myself and frankly like none of my friends so i think for me it was like okay i am experiencing this thing maybe i should rap about it so hopefully people that i care about don't go through the same thing right because like again it's gonna happen to all of us eventually but like if i could do something that sort of eases the blow or gives people information that's absolutely what i wanted to do and like spread that with my like with my platform yeah sure um the problem is death is inevitable agree everybody in this room is gonna die agree it's unfortunate but it's gonna happen it's heavy so it's like how do you deal with it and then it's even harder to deal with it when it's your loved one so like i said nobody's written a manual maybe they have written a manual i'm sure somebody's written a book on it but it's like you're never really taught you're just thrown out there and you by the time you know that you're going through it it's too late but you're much more spiritual than i am right um you are extremely well read when it comes to the bible mm -hmm. and a lot of times people tell you stuff like you know believe in god jesus doesn't make mistakes you hear all of these things and certainly these things happen like mm -hmm. Are some of those teachings, some of the things that you sort of lean on and not to take it to a religious place, but like as somebody's just looking for answers that sure. certainly help me, like what's something that like, you know, from your opinion, that would be like helpful? Um, just knowing that death exists. So I would say for me, um, my mom has been like terminally, terminally ill for like, since like 93. 2022 so it's a long time right so i would say when she first got ill um they gave her like a couple of months to live so she had a conversation with the you know with the, our pastor at the time at the church we were going to and she was like hey you know they only gave me like six months to live and he looks at her and he smiles and he says they told you you were dying and she said yes and he said what most people don't think about or ever think about is that we're all dying. He said, birth starts the process of death. As soon as you're born, you're automatically dying. And you know, when she said that, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, that's, it was impactful because he said that to her and it made her think about like, all right, well, I gotta, every day, I gotta live like it's no tomorrow. And I think that's kind of what helped me cope throughout the years you know clearly um she survived and i mean while she's still sick and still terminally ill you know she's made it all these years after they gave her a certain amount of time to to live but it's hard to deal with because it's your parent 
And even then, I was very young, so I didn't know how to deal with anything like that. You know, I um, got my grandparents, you know, uncles, you know, different family members, but it's still my mom. So it's like, how am I supposed to deal with that? Luckily for me, you know, she was able to stay around and she, she got better and then got sick and, you know, she's still sick now, but she's still here. So dealing with it is the, is the hard thing. And if you are religious, the best thing you can do is pray. If you're not, still pray. Because you never know what it's going to do for you. So it's just hard, bro. So, like, I would just tell you that whether you feel like you're religious or not, a lot of people aren't religious these days. They're more spiritual. I'd say right now, I'm more spiritual than religious. And I was in the church my whole life, but I'm more spiritual yes. right now. We would go out on Saturdays. You know, you know what I'm I gotta saying? get up to go to go to church yeah, on bro, Sunday. I, I, yeah, that I'm, was the I'm, thing. I'm beating the clock. Six six a.m. We getting in, and I'm trying to get to eleven o'clock service, and not smell like Hennessy. Nah, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. But years later, as you elevate in life, you try to figure out what's good for you and what's not. I feel like these days, some people are religious, some people are spiritual, and it's about what you want to do. If you know that you're you're going through heartache, you know, with one of your family members or with your mom, then what works for you? Is it going to family members saying, "Hey, I need this help. Hey, let's let's pray. Hey, let's uh, uh, come together and make sure she has what she needs." Because, like I said, there is no manual. You are the manual. Sometimes you got to write things as you go along. Because at the end of the day, while the man, it might be a book or something out there, but the book isn't specifically for your mom and for what she's going through because it might have her illness in the book but it's not your mom your mom is it's, she has different characteristics than anybody else it's only one you know what I mean one one of one you preaching you know what I'm saying so that book ain't gonna do but so much it might say okay well if she's diagnosed with this you can kinda you know do this but it's still all the trauma she might have had with other stuff it ain't gonna have that in there these are those bars that you should have been writing a long time ago. Bro, you wildin' right now. <laughs> Just saying. You, you preaching right now, bro. Bro, you wildin'. Those bars, I should... Okay. Yeah, you should have wrote, wrote that down. Um, but nah, go ahead. I certainly think about, like, one thing, right? A lot of times, we have trauma from our childhoods, right? Yeah. And we tend to carry these things over. And I think one of the things that I've sort of, like, discovered about myself is I don't care what happened when I was 12 years old right like yeah. I don't care what happened when I was 20 or whatever like thing that happened between like me and my mom that would certainly cause us to have friction of beef mm-hmm. and I've been focused wholly on just like making sure that she's as good as she can be and or we could have the best relationship at this point that we can be or have like and I'm not going front like I'm everybody that knows me knows I'm moody as fuck like sometimes I just don't feel like dealing with shit but with her I've had to push through that in ways that I think that are, um, it's hard if, if I keep it a buck. Cause it's just times when I just, as a, like I'm a people person, but then I'm, I'm such an introvert where I just want to be in my own space. Yeah. I can't necessarily do that now because of what she needs from me. Yeah. So like trying to be her backbone and be down for team. It's like, okay, well we have like, again, we checking off traumas that you didn't cause things that you didn't piss me off about and then just me not wanting to be bothered but i still gotta show up every day yeah of course right 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a conversation. Like, my mom goes to the emergency room on Friday. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of telling me what's going on. And I'm sort of, like, in another space because I got some weird news about something else, mm-hmm. like, just prior. So I'm not my normal chipper self. And I had to call her back and be like, yo, like, my bad for that. Here's what I'm going through. At the second that you were telling me this thing, I had also heard this other thing. So I just wanted to check myself to make sure that you knew that that wasn't about you mm-hmm. or me pulling away or you overwhelming me. It just seems like a lot of stuff is going on right now. She understood that, right? Like, it was like, yo, like, I get it. Like, you know, baby, yeah. you good. We didn't have no problems. But, like, I feel like those are things that I should explain to her in a way that I would not have done if this was, like, like say, five years ago. It has been like, yo, whatever. Like, we just going to move right along. Now I'm trying to acknowledge and recognize ways that I could potentially hurt her feelings and make sure that she doesn't feel like that. Because again, like I said, I sort of started all of this off by like, I don't know what day is going to happen where my mom doesn't pick up the phone no more. Or when I want to go and visit her and I can't do that. So like, while she's here, my main job, yo, honor you, let you know that I love you, that I care, do what I can do, even if I can't necessarily do it all, and just be there like by your side as much as possible. Well, yeah, the reality of it is while your mom's going through whatever, life still exists. So you're going to, whatever's BS is going on, you're still going to have to and deal with that. life has been life right now. Yeah, I mean, that's just what it is. Life ain't going to stop just because your mom got a problem. But you, you're going to still have whatever problems that you that come into your life. You Bills are still due. Work still got to get yeah, done. Yeah, I mean. Your friends and family are still going through a lot of different things. Yeah. All of that's very real. Yeah. And so trying to sort of mix that in without necessarily like removing yourselves from other people's lives who depend on you for various reasons like it could just be a simple, something as simple as jeremy's going through a bad bad time right now for whatever reason i pick up the phone to listen to him right like that's what friends are supposed to like be there for doesn't matter that i got some shit going on like if i can't still be there for my friends and my family like what am i doing like because it can't just be all about me but it's hard to do that though it's not though because well, every time you call me and you say like, yo, I got this thing, do I do I answer? Yeah, but... You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that for people that are really in your life, you can't do that for everybody. And not everybody gets that well, what level I'm saying of like, is yo, sometimes, I you. Sometimes you might need to pick me up. I agree. And, and, and that's when I call y'all. Yo, I need to get some shots up. But, yo, uh, but that's what I'm saying. If, you, if you're in a certain mental state, sometimes you might not be able to pick that person up. Because you're going through your own shit. Agree. You know what I mean? So... Agree? It's hard. It is, but I feel like it's not hard for me to listen. I might not have answers. Like, I think I'm a smart nigga. So, like, a lot of times, I want to diagnose problems, figure out what's happening, see if I can come up with a real solution to a problem. Sure. Not saying that I always have it, but, yeah. like, that's usually my personality. Yeah. I don't have that in me right now. But what I do have in me is to, like, support you and be there, even if I can't necessarily do something. And I think that's the, the, the love that I've gotten from people, right? Like... I'm not the first, like, I'm usually the person that answers and responds to people. I ain't really been responding to people like that lately, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but my friends are still like, yo, we hitting you up to make sure you good. Yeah. I yeah. get it. You got stuff going on. If you need something, holler at me. You know how much that shit means? It means a lot. When bro, that shit yeah, means I mean. everything. When you sit in your house by yourself and all types of thoughts are running through your head, you remember all of the positive reinforcement that you got from people that care about you. You have to though. Those four walls are closing real quick, bruh. Real quick. It'll feel like COVID back in 2020 when we couldn't get outside. Yeah, yeah. 
drive you insane. So just knowing that and that being something, honestly, I think it's been amazing that I've gotten that level of support from people. And that's what I'm trying to push forward so that obviously other people who may or may not be in my situation can feel some of the same thing. Yeah. Like, if that means you get help from somebody, you have people that you could talk to, whether it's friends, family, whoever, all of those things are super important. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, like, you need that, bro. You, you, you got to have the support. You got to have the support. So, if we wrap this up, um, when it's time to have, like, I guess some of these final conversations about, like, things that our parents want or things that our parents need. What's the best way to certainly like deal with that in real time? And when I ask that specifically, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the things in a conversation I had with my mom recently was about potentially going to like a nursing home facility or something. Okay. She's currently not in her home. She's at a rehab facility. Mm-hmm. They're working on her to try to get her some strength to get her back to being better. But she can't stay there forever, right? But she's also in a place where, with her being somewhat bedridden, it ain't really safe for her to be home alone anymore. Yeah. Like, it is a very real situation. So now it's like, okay, well, I know you have your own house. I know you have all of this stuff in your house. What am I supposed to do with all of this? How do you want these things to happen? What do you want to do? And, you know, like, I'm not going front. Like, that's not a conversation she always wants to have. Like, it's tough, because it's like, yo, like, we see a finite ending to shit that no one is comfortable with. Now, my mom listens to my podcast, watches it. The only time she ever hears me curse is, like, through this, because that's just not, honestly, our conversation. But that's really how I'm feeling right now. Like, what does all of this mean, and how do we have this conversation if we can't really have it? It's a tough conversation. The toughest, honestly. Bro, like, I don't have children, right? So, like, this is the probably the hardest thing that I've had to do in my, like, life on the real. Like, most of my life revolves around me caring about myself. Now I have to project someone else's feelings and care for them more than I care for me. In a way that, like, again, you don't really do that when you're single without kids. Like, yeah, you can love your friends, love your girlfriend, all of that stuff. But not married, no children... If that's a thing, let's be real. Like, life is about me. Right now, life is not about me at all. Yeah. It is literally about somebody else and how I could best plan for that person moving forward. What do you think you should do, though? Like, you, you had the conversation with your mom. What was, what was her reaction? Uh, it was sort of twofold, right? Okay. Um, one of the things was... I trust in your decisions. Like, I know what you've always wanted for me. And given that, you have my trust to do whatever you think is necessary. Okay. That was part one. Okay. Part two is, I would go, but I'm going to go kicking and screaming. Like, proverbially speaking, because I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to go. Yeah. Right. I get that. You wouldn't want to like, go. Yo, but yeah. that's, that's heartbreaking, right? Like, because it's like, I know that this might be the best thing for me. But I ain't really trying to give up my independence or my freedom or all of these other things to have a like, you know, a life like this. You wouldn't. No, yeah. fuck no. And that's what makes all of this so difficult, fam. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know I've had like family members be like, nah, this is what we think you should do with your mind. I ain't listening to none of that. 
And what I did instead want to do was listen to myself and say, like, my goal is to always have you in your home, be comfortable, try to make it as safe as possible for you, try to make it as easy as possible for you. The fact that I automated stuff in her apartment building is crazy. Like, all of her lights cut on with, like, either talking to Siri or whoever, like, Alexa, to get everything to cut on. You know what I'm saying? In the whole house, she's good. Locks. Again, you can open it from her phone so that it makes things easier for her when she has people certainly coming by or whatever the case might be. So, like, I've tried to, like, minimize, like, the amount of things that she had to do just to keep her home. Yeah. So that's my first preference. But when you know that this is no longer safe, that is a hard talk, dog. Of course, yeah. I mean, she's still here, so you got to make sure she stays around as long as she can. So you got to do whatever you can so she can't get up, you know, make it easy on her. And that has been my goal. That's what you left with. Unfortunately. But that's what age does. You know, sometimes it's not even age. It's illness, bro. Yeah, it's illness. It's illness. Because my mom went from looking relatively, like, young for her age. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, you see, like, she looked good for being, my mom turned 72 this year. She used to look younger than herself. Then all of a sudden, as she got sick and more sick, like, you just saw it. Like, the age just sort of hit her all at one time. And it's like, damn. Like, two years ago, everything was good. Everything was good, yeah. Like, I got pictures of us, like, all sitting around smiling. Everybody's happy. Bam, just like that. It's a fact. Illness happens quick. And that's what you left with. You got to adapt. And it's hard to adapt to something like that. You can adapt with most things. Nobody wants to hear your loved one is sick. Because then you're planning for other stuff. You know. So, like, at the beginning of the podcast, you, you mentioned, like, relative to, like, time. Like, what our lives are in time. Right. right. Like, yeah. how, how insignificant our lives are. Like, when it comes to the bigger picture. Like, my son the other day was like, Dad, I, I don't want to die. And I was like, wow. Wow. Uh, I, okay. What do you mean by that? And he's like, I don't want to be buried. And like his, like his his fear about death is nothing about like what comes in the afterlife, right? It's physically where his body is gonna be, right? And I look at watching my mom like get older and like have health issues and all this kind of stuff, and like tra- like um, going through this process where it's about me to like about caring about her, but then like coming at this like a triangle and looking at my son, right? And it's just like. I think, like, from our parents and through our children, like, we learn what it is to live. Like, we learn the importance of, like, we're here for, like, such a short period of time and, like, how important it is to, um, to like, live life to, to its fullest, you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to. Like, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. That's how it is. And, like, that's from Jay-Z, Can I Live? So, I like, was just, just to about to say I'm so proud of you, bro. it all around. I was just about right. to say I'm so proud of you. And to lighten it up a little bit, you know what I mean? But, like, I think the, the, the thing that I think is real is, like, when my son said that, I realized that, like, we, we're afraid of dying, right? And, like, dying is natural, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, if, if I can get my son to the point where he can have that conversation with his son and that goes on 15 generations, like, that conversation, like, that ideology, like, it's, like, how can we teach our, our kids to live and how can we learn to do that from our parents? That's real. That's bars. Yeah. That may be the best thing you've ever said. Hope wow. said Seriously. it. Hope said it. I didn't say it. Wow. That may be wow. the best thing you've huh. ever said. Wow. And that's not a like a knock. That's 
That was a very powerful statement. Yeah. He's right, though. He is. He's right. Um, Let's spin the block on something else a little different. What's good? What's the worst thing you've ever used the, the internet for? R. R. Kelly. That's that's why I don't want to turn my college computer on anymore. You watch the tape? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, that's the tape, bro. You watch the tape. It's cool, bro. Like, no disrespect. We were all kids and we watched the tape. Like, we were like, we were shocked to see it. So I'm not going to like lie about that. Like, that's a good question though. I don't, I don't know what's the. Interesting. I don't know. So the reason I asked that, like, specifically is because we think of the internet as, like, this great thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a fair exchange of information. Um, Social media has brought all of us closer together where, in a way, I don't have to go to my 20-year high school reunion to see people anymore, right? Like, the same, you know, people that we went to high school with, no disrespect, I saw some of them on Saturday at Rachel's baby shower. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people mispronouncing my name because I didn't really know you like that in high school. It'd be like, hey, Daryl, not my name, but nice to see you again, right? Did, did, like, did you accept it? Fuck no. It's not my name. Name's not Daryl. You corrected him? Absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, good absolutely. Shit. Good shit. Like, unless it's like some work situation when I'll never see you again, usually I'm going to correct you. But I say that to say, like, the internet's done some amazing things in our lifetime, right? Like, the access of information that it gives to people and how they use it positively is something that's gonna that's clearly changing history like you don't need encyclopedia britannica like we had when we were kids that were like 10 years old and we're trying to look through sources to figure something out oh, yeah, yeah we could find like that quick, information yeah, now. Google, google search you're good yeah. problem is that can go way the other way right like the same stuff that you see on the internet can also be super harmful of people course. can like you know stalk you <laughs> People can like misuse like a lot of these services that are out here just for the the sake of hurting people. And I don't know if we talk about that shit enough, right? Like what's a responsible use of the internet? Like now I think that mm. us like us being like at the age that we are and the way that you would talk to your daughter about it is is different than like, okay, again, how do you tell that to another grown up? Like, yo, maybe this ain't your best use of your time. Or that might be a little shady. Like, it was one thing when the internet was just cool for us to fucking find albums and MP3s. We post photos on Facebook. It's really, or MySpace, really all we did. Now, we use it for a lot of, like, nefarious purposes. And I don't know if that gets enough spin. Like, we had a whole insurrection in the Capitol two years ago because people use the internet. You search specifically for sources that only tell you the types of stuff that you want to hear. Like, you don't even have to hear real news. You just hear what you want to. But in, but in the same sense, right? Like, you look at Arab Spring, and you look at the fact that you had, like, Anonymous going through te- teaching people how to take their phone lines and turning them into 56K modems and, like, tweet out the, the suppression that was happening there. Like, so, I, I mean, like, in one sense, yeah, sure, we could go down this road of there's terrible things that we do with the Internet. And then on the other hand, it's, like, the same way that pictures changed the the view of like Vietnam, like the internet's changed the ability to show freedom and, and suppression throughout the world. So like, I mean, like, there's all the bad shit. So you're 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 a technology guy. I mean, like, look, you guys can't see our setup from the other side. It's fucking amazing. No, it looks. But good. mean, like, yeah, a lot of money spent. We get that. Jeremy's rich. Secretly. Nah, nah. Rel funds this. Rel, if anybody <laughs> needs money, call one eight hundred Rel and he'll send you cash apps. But serious question. As somebody who's, you're very tech savvy, right? Like, 
we also know like from a very real perspective how easy it is to like have a bad actor do something with like that same access can we honestly say that the internet has been better for like humanity then we can't say like it's because people are gonna use things to its detriment like now it might be like 60% good 40% bad but the numbers are a lot closer than I think that we want to realize and talk about right like and that's honestly my only part of my conversation I think I think it's a Garden of Eden type thing like I think it's beautiful and then I think there's parts of it that are spoiled and I mean, like Elon Musk or whoever was saying, once you turn AI on, like you can't turn it off. And I think there's like a reality to that, right? So yeah, there's like probably a spoiled Apple comparison. Elon was right about that. Yeah, that makes Although sense. he's gonna owe Twitter $44 billion. Definitely is. It's all right, like it probably increases evaluation. It was like free PR for like six months. You, you know why I really wanted out of the deal, right? No. Long story short, the like, price of Twitter dropped by a bunch started affecting like when all of the tech stocks started dropping Tesla's not worth as much as he thought it was going to be worth at the time either so he'd have to leverage more of his Tesla stock in order to buy Twitter he didn't want that so if you're only let's say giving up 10% of your company originally now you have to leverage 35% of it you don't want that like he wants to still retain control so it's nothing about that other than that Rich people problems. I wish I had them. Let's go. Yeah, I wish I had that rich people problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Simplifying yeah. what it is, like, you know, to the people, that's what's going on. We easily trade for that. Seriously. Well, I think the question that we all want to know is, like, what's the worst thing you did with the internet? It's the worst thing I've ever done on the internet? Ooh. Yeah, good question. In all honesty, bro, I'm not the nosy type. So, like... The worst thing that I might have done is like saw some shit that I wasn't supposed to see, like in terms of like, I don't know. Um Nah, I'm being dead serious. Like I'm really I don't really do the fuck shit like that. Like one, I think that like I've never looked through like a girl's phone or some shit like that, right? So like me sort of like chasing after like your social media presence feels a lot like that to me. So like yeah, I just yeah. don't do shit like that yeah, just yeah, because yeah. that feels weird. Yeah. Right? Like, but a lot of people are cool with that. So I've never Googled a person that I've met. <laughs> like I don't do that type of shit. So like when I'm thinking of the worst shit that I probably did was like I was probably the number one pirate for music at the University of Maryland. Like I did that shit. I, I had everything. All of the mixtapes, all of the CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statue of Limitations yeah. is up. Bro, bro like, had that P2P network open oh, on his instant bro, messenger. Like, ain't no P2P <laughs> network, bro. I was the hub. They would drop the music off. Like, I didn't even have to go and what look you, for What it, you talking about, Napster? No, 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 no. It got way deeper than that. I was literally the hub. We, we had a real fast connection in Maryland. My homie will tell you this. So, like... I did nothing. They dropped off. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And by that you meant we had like a T1 connection. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> which was great at the time. You know what I'm saying? We aging ourselves. But yeah, at the time, it was the yeah. hot shit. But like, they dropping off movies, like music. I listened to shit from genres I ain't never even heard of just because I had it on my computer. We learned what discographies were. Like, that's the worst thing that I've ever done. So like, I was very scared that I would get one of those cease and desist from like, uh, the R-I-double-A. Telling me they're gonna sue me for like seventy, bro. I had everything, dog. Everything, anything that came out between the years of nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and fucking three, I had that shit. So all on MP three. Well, I worked. I worked at a library, and if uh, 
if you go to a website and you don't see like a secure website, it means that it sends sends and receives cash without like encryption, right? So we would have packet sniffers and we would like sniff for people's passwords as they were sending them to like let's say Facebook or something like that. And then we would log into their account, break up with their boyfriends, do a whole bunch of bad bad crap. And then like log out of their account the and change the password. That that's was the worst way thing worse than anything that I've. That's even longer than considered. seven years ago, bro. So. That's way worse than anything I've ever thought of. The possible. Bro, Jeremy is like, that's like troll level a thousand, dog. It was seven. It was, it was seven years ago. Shit. It was seven years ago. It was Black Sheep. That was the program. It was like Jesus this little. Uh, Christ, what, what was the web browser that we used to use? Uh, Netscape. It was. I think it was like a Netscape, Netscape Navigator. I don't know, man. It was crazy. Wow. But I went to school probably like ten years after you went to college. So it's. Whoa, like who are you secretly? <laughs> Bro, that's like, wild. Like I know him God. as a nice guy. Bro, that's wild. That's wild. That's wild. I'm very glad that the statute of limitations is up on all of this for everyone involved. Cause yeah, I feel like that would have ended badly. Yeah, pretty much. Bro, like what if I like missed out on my college sweetheart because you decided to break up with her on like Facebook for me? We'd have to fight. God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you got any more final words, either of you guys, bro, before we get bro. out of here, man? He's wild for that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. For one, I want to say thank you guys for having this conversation. It's been difficult, but I think it's very necessary. I wanted to try to lighten things up at the end. Um, obviously, as somebody that's dealing with some stuff and going through it, I think that it's important to, again, have these conversations with your friends and your loved ones. Let everybody know that you care and try to be there as much as you can for people. Yeah, man. Like, I appreciate all of you guys that have been there for me. Um, so I will end this podcast episode saying the same thing that I say every episode. Ball players on a rap, rappers on a ball. My name is Darrell of the Real World, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. Peace.